You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and we're getting started later than expected. Sorry, young guys. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, we don't have big plans for the night. But Ryan Gills, Gilbert, and Cole Carmody have hearts to break and food to eat. And bad reality television that they get to watch. Don't let Riley hear that. Hey, Riley has given up that franchise that will not be named. Wait, is it The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Oh, shut up. It's the whole franchise. (laughs) You don't fire his man crush and get to keep his viewership. Yeah. All right. That's it. TCU supporter? Alum? I don't know. Is he? Chris His Hershey? son goes there. I huh. think that's what it is. Well, anyhow. Hi, everyone. How you doing? <laughs> We're off to a great start here. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge Wholesale Liquor when you come to town for that football game coming up on September 11th, right? Mm-hmm. Against Southern Illinois. It is the University school in Illinois in the southern part of the state. Do you know what a Saluki is? It is a dog. I didn't know that. It is a dog. Our segment sponsors are not dogs. They are Tanners in the High Low. I enjoyed myself at Tanners on Saturday night with some friends. As far as I know. He doesn't remember seeing any of us that night. We <laughs> all saw him. I'm not Saturday proud night. of my actions. <laughs> he doesn't remember it. Goins did, though, well, which is surprising. Yeah. Anyhow, it was a fun <laughs> event filled with old people telling stories. That you've heard before. I've heard before. Oh, they never get old. Anyhow, uh, we're going to move on to the podcast right now. This is a crappy start to a podcast. We're just all over the place. You ask the questions, we answer them. Here we go. Your questions from All Best Station. Gills, take it away. First question comes from Herdez Joe. I'm optimistic for this year because blank. I was waiting to hear why he was optimistic, and now we just get a blank. So am I supposed to guess why he's optimistic? We are. Oh, why we are. (laughs) I see. I totally missed the point of that Uh question. I like the depth of this team. I think this team uh, finally is building up the kind of, uh, you know, the, the type of players you need at, second and third on the depth chart that you have to have in this conference. Bill Snyder was incredible with his ones and sometimes the backups, but boy, if you drilled down on the depth chart and got into some of those positions, they weren't ready and you would see games where they just didn't have enough guys. So hopefully they have enough guys. Hopefully they can withstand the attrition of a season and, 
And I'm just optimistic. I think this team, there's just something about this group. They're just confident. They like each other. That's why I'm optimistic. I'm kind of weirded out by how much they like each other. This team gets along with each other. After last year, what we saw, you know, mm-hmm. everything in the locker room, whatever else, COVID. I like how Van Malone, I don't know what dissension you're talking about. <laughs> the one that we all could see because nobody seemed to like each other. Yeah. It, it's clear that everybody likes each other. I'm optimistic because of that. And I kind of get the vibe of, remember when Dean Wade, Kamal Stokes, Barry Brown, that final year they had, they win the Big 12 championship. That team liked each other. There wasn't really any drama on that team. I get kind of the same vibe going into this season. I'm not saying that they're going to win a Big 12 championship, but the vibe that this team has, you want me to say it? The, the camaraderie, the way this team likes each other, that's what they need to do to be able to win a Big 12 championship. You talked about the depth, Fitz, and <clears throat> I'm, I'm with you because the way, you know, my generation grew up playing video games. We played NCAA football, and you could have some guys that were 80 overalls, and if you had a team full of 11 guys that had 80 overalls, you're going to be pretty solid. But then when you fall off and your backup's a 65 overall, things start to get dicey. Well, right now, K-State has a lot of 80 overalls and then 75 overalls right below them. In other words, the drop-off is not that small. I think that's a good thing. I don't know if that the high-end guys are maybe not there. You take out Deuce Vaughn, the high-end guys probably aren't there quite yet. That doesn't mean that they can't get there over time. But the fact that you have depth of guys that can step in and play makes the season a lot more manageable. Gills, I like that people are sleeping on K-State, that they're picking them seventh, that they're just discounting the fact that you had a senior quarterback get hurt last year and is coming back for a sixth season. I, I just feel like anyone else in the conference, people would be going, yeah, that's really good. That's awesome. TCU, we're going to pick them first. I mean, I, I'm just amazed at how they're underplaying the importance of Skylar Thompson being back. Yeah, and that's why I'm most confident, um, I guess optimistic is what the question says, is that this team went through those hardships last year without Skylar Thompson and had to have you know, locker room issues, a young offensive line and all that stuff. They've gone through the lows, and when you go through those lows, I know as an athlete you don't want to go through those again. You want to do whatever it takes to win games. So the fact that they've had those, uh, those valleys is going to let them hopefully get to some peaks this year. Very good. And then on the flip side of that, heard as Joe also wants to know, I'm pessimistic for this year because blank. They just have, playing on the depth again, they just have a few spots where linebacker, if they get a couple injuries at linebacker, I feel like they're into a lesser player. With all due respect to the Nick Allen and Austin Moore, you know, apparently are getting a lot of raise from the coaches. Deuce Vaughn special, not Deuce Vaughn, excuse me, Deuce Green is special. He's, he's a great linebacker. I like him a lot. I think I'm higher on him than almost anyone else on the staff. Cody Fletcher's just rock solid. So he's got a few spots I'm still worried about. Defense tackle, maybe. I'm, I'm all excited about Timmy Horn. I'm just not bought in yet. I, I sit there in the press conference, and I hear about how dominant Timmy Horn is. I'm like, you're making me worry about the offensive line. You know? I mean, I, I, he came from Charlotte. And he yeah. was okay at Charlotte. Not great. I'm just a little curious. I mean, it, he's like the press conference champion right. of un, 100%. of unprompted, hey, name a player that's really performing well. Oh, it's Timmy Horn. It's just kind of bizarre to me. But I think for me, as far as pessimism, 
pessimi- being pessimistic goes, I'd probably go with wide receivers still. Just there's no real depth there, it feels like. It's nice seeing and hearing names like RG, RJ Garcia get mentioned. Uh, Keenan Garber, he's maybe been a little bit banged up, but, you know, possibly him making an impact. But there's just so many question marks there for me. And if if they don't, if they don't play well at wide receiver, it, it's going to be a tough season. See, I, I think the same reason I'm optimistic is the same reason I'm pessimistic, if that makes sense. You don't have those high-end guys, right? You have Deuce Vaughn as your high-end guy. Other than that, you don't have any high-end guys. And in order to really make a splash in the Big 12, look at Iowa State. They have three <laughs> preseason all-Americans, yet not not Big 12, three preseason All-Americans. I understand that's K-State's not the number seven team in the country, um, but if they want to compete at that level, they're going to have to have some guys step up. So I think, yeah, you know, you have nice players. Skylar Thompson, a six-year quarterback, is a nice player, but I wouldn't consider him to be an elite quarterback at this stage. I just don't know if he. I don't know if he is. Yeah, I agree. Malik Knowles is when he's healthy is a nice player. If he, you know. From everything we've seen from the tight ends, they're nice players, but are they going to be able to take the next step and become elite? That would be the reason why I would be pessimistic. But, you know, on that same token, you can look at it through another lens and say that there's reason for optimism. Going off of what you said a little bit, Zach, I'm a little pessimistic with obviously the wideout group, but that makes me pessimistic about Deuce Vaughn. And, you know, it appears K-State's putting all their eggs in one basket with Deuce Vaughn. And over the last five games of last season, bless you, Fitz, um, it was an easy code to crack, wasn't it? I coughed. I got blessed. <laughs> when all you had was Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So right. we haven't really seen the last five games of last season. Deuce Vaughn really didn't do much because that was all defenses had to focus on. I know, Fitz, you've talked about it and the coaches have talked about it, how they want to do a lot of jet sweeps and this and that, put them out wide. Fool the defense. I get that. That's good. But until we can really see that success, I'm a little pessimistic on on the load and maybe a potential – I'm not going to say Deuce Vaughn's going to be bad, but a sophomore slump or something like that because of how much attention he's going to get from defenses. So to encompass everything, wide receivers need to step up. Skylar Thompson's got to step up and take the weight off of Deuce's shoulders. Agreed. Next question from Imarica. Will RJ Garcia play through his red shirt? I think so. I mean, it gets down to this. I mean, are they really going to play Landry Weber a bunch? You know, I mean, are like, some, according these, to the day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other than Timmy Horn, he had the most praise today. It was Landry Weber? It's just, I don't want to knock Landry Weber, but I mean, he's a good player, but a wide receiver every down. Oh. Uh, can I interrupt this podcast for some breaking news? Mm-hmm. Kansas State football has named their captains. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Do you guys want to take a guess before I say them? I'm going to look Since at I'm it looking right at now because yeah. we need it for okay. content. Skylar Thompson. Okay, yeah, I, I, I guess Skylar Thompson. Jerron McPherson. Uh, yes, I guess Jerron McPherson. Noah Johnson. That's it? Yeah. And there's one more. What's your favorite breakfast? Are you ready to be surprised? Ham and eggs. Are you ready to be surprised? You know, it's press conference champion, Timmy, Timmy Horn. Yeah. I guess there's what's your favorite cereal. Are you serious? Timmy Horn's a captain? Timmy Horn is a captain. I have never really encountered a young man that has come in like this and had such an impact 
on the locker room. Mm. I don't. Yeah. We can discuss how he'll be as a player, but we saw that at the press conference we had his personality come out. I mean, he's just a really likable kid, and it. You know, he mentioned that he came in and um, really worked out hard. I think he's a more sculpted than he was at Charlotte. From what feedback we're getting, it looks like maybe he's bigger, stronger than he ever was at Charlotte. But that's incredible. He to went me. straight from the transfer portal to being named a captain. That should tell you everything you need to know about him as a person. From a G five to a power five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To a team that had already a starting defensive tackle in all intents and purposes with Jalen Pickle. And Ian yeah. Huggins. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, back to R.J. Garcia, because I know that was what the question was about. <laughs> uh, um, I think he's got to play. Well, he's going to have to play, but will he play more than the four games? It depends on how good Keenan Garber is, I think. That's a good point. Keenan Garber is the, the speed guy right now. Yeah. He's ready to play. I, I think it depends. How does he play the first two games? Because I think if he plays well against Stanford, it probably won't matter. They're going to burn it. He'll play the whole season. If right. he plays okay against Stanford, they might give him one more game against Southern Illinois. And if, you know, that's not as good too, they might just say, hey, you know, it's all right. We still got you for two more games. We're going to use you situationally where we think that you're going to best help us. So I think that he's probably got a couple games in him early. And if if he plays a third game, if he plays against Nevada, I think he's going to be good for the season. Yeah, I, I'll be intrigued if he's a if there's a freshman that's going to burn his red shirt, it'll be him. I'm not sure, but they just have a lot of guys at receiver. You know, they just they could play. We could see him out there, but will they? You know, play. Will they be someone that you really want on the the field all the time? I, I mean, it, it intrigues me. I think if K State's smart, then they need to bring plies into Manhattan. They need to have a concert, and then they need to have R.J. Garcia as the opening act, and then he'll score two touchdowns in whatever game. I'm lost. Plies comes and performs. You you know who Plies is, correct? I had never heard of Plies until last week. I have no idea. He's a South Florida rapper. Okay, yes, I'm really big in South Florida rap. Rick Ross is from South Florida. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) He tweeted tweeted about um, R.J. and, and his performance and said, KSU just got themselves with a dog emoji. Okay, there we go. So okay, he's verified with almost a million followers on Twitter. Dynamite drop. Uh, Keenan Garber, Malik Knowles, Landry Weber, Sebastian Taylor, Seth Porter, Garcia. They've talked about Eric Hummel a lot, which I okay. Um, Shane TikTok Porter, no. Um, who else am I coming across here? Oh well, there's. There's just so many. Oh, Cade Warner. Cade Warner. Yeah. Warner. Yeah. yeah. Tyrone Howell. Phillip Brooks. I don't know. I don't see how R.J. Garcia. Unless I get into injuries. Doesn't right. get redshirted. All right. I agree. Another one from Imarica. Will Deuce live up to his number 44 ranking in ESPN's top 100 college football players? I think so. I mean, you talked about defenses are going to try to take him away, but I think it got easy last year to take him away. I asked Coach Kleiman about that. At Tuesday's press conference, they just didn't have weapons by the end of the year. I mean, they were down two tight ends, and you know, with Joe Irvin not being back, being in the program for a year, and the receivers were sucking. They just didn't have other weapons. They had a freshman quarterback and a freshman running back, 
and they provided a lot. I think I think Deuce is going to have a big year. I think we talk about Will Howard getting thrust into action as a true freshman without spring practice and all those things. It happened to Deuce, too, and he, he held up pretty well. I think he's going to be fine. How many running backs are above him? I guess that's probably a rhetorical question. I don't know. Not all, that they're many. They're all taller than him. <laughs> I just, Not that many, I think. Yeah. Why didn't he, Imarika, why didn't you use pro football focuses rankings instead of ESPNs? Because <laughs> I'm sure it was a lot higher for Deuce. <laughs> what yeah. was he? I don't know. No, you don't know. They okay. just love Deuce. I think I think Deuce will, um, to answer the question, live up to his ranking because he's only going to get better. Like, even if defenses game plan more for him, he's only going to become a better football player. Right. He was here for the whole offseason. He was here for spring ball, which he wasn't here for before. And now you add into the fact that you get Joe Irvin back, who can – I mean, let's be honest, guys. Any number or combination of DJ Giddens, Jacardier Wright, Joe Irvin will be better than Harry Trotter. I, I, I fully believe that. I like Harry Trotter. He was a nice player. But I think if you combine those three, two especially, with Jacardier Wright and Joe Irvin, they can provide more of a breather for Deuce Vaughn. So I think he's going to be more fresh. I think they're going to find more ways to get him the ball since he's going to be in the system for a whole another year. I, I just think even if defense is game plan for him, he's too good to not play up to his ranking. I just I feel like in the grand scheme of college football, 44 is a pretty high ranking. Mm-hmm. And I just think if he, you know, if he, not necessarily a sophomore slump, but if K-State can't open up the game and get the ball away from him for some plays and make him, you know, less predictable, I don't think he could possibly possibly live up to his ranking. Well, it's, about, it's about touches, right? I mean, if, if, it's, yeah. if he gets 15 touches and he maximizes those opportunities, is he living up to his ranking as opposed to if he gets 30 touches and maybe doesn't get as many, you know, as many yards. It's just how you want to look at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. He's a top 50 in terms of agility and speed and all that stuff. But but from the results, all you, yeah. All that stuff, yeah. Yeah. So it depends on your definition, I guess. Yeah. Another one from Imarica. How much playing time will DJ Giddens receive this season? Hardly any. I think he's going to see four games. Yeah. If that, mop-up time. He'll play against Southern Illinois. I will, barring injury, guarantee he plays against Southern Illinois. I mean, so many of these questions that you people ask about playing time, we don't know how the games are going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're smoking Oklahoma State and Baylor and West Virginia and they're blowing them out, they're, they're going to get down in the depth chart. But I don't see this team doing it. I, I mean, I don't see that they're going to afford a lot of playing time with scrub time, if that makes sense. I mean, Southern Illinois, yeah. Nevada's pretty damn good. I don't think they'll be pulled away from Nevada in the fourth quarter enough where you're going to clear the bench. I mean, I don't think you start burning using the four games on your freshman to put them in it for one play. So I'm not sure. I hope we see him a little bit. I'd like to get a glimpse of him. DJ Giddens right now is over Clyde Price on the depth chart. Can we agree with that? Probably, yeah. I mean... That, he might be over the depth chart. Doesn't mean he's going to play. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I guess to, to answer the question, you're right. I mean, hopefully he doesn't have to play that much. You know, hopefully he plays four games. But Unless do they? He's really good. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Do they value if Joe Irvin gets hurt? Is he the third running back? Because we know this team will play three running backs. 
Is he that much better than Clyde Price? I think it's I think it's honestly it's amazing. And I don't know if that says more about Clyde Price as a player or if that says more about DJ Giddens as a player. But I mean, we haven't heard anything about Clyde Price. I've heard a little bit. Hardly as much as we've heard about DJ Giddens. And maybe that's just because he I feel like DJ Giddens was a fresh kind of recent though. It's taken Fair it's taken time throughout fall camp for DJ Giddens to kind of become a name. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know if he's I you're right. Assuming that there's no injuries, probably sticks with the red shirt. Yeah. Last question of the first half from A Went twenty five. Which transfers out of the program, i.e. Youngblood, Alexander, etc., will be missed most this season on the field? I guess not off the field. <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> Alexander would be missed on the field, but. He was such two a dis- years ago. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't he, around last he year. He wasn't around last year, and he was on the field. He did more negative for the program exactly. than he did positive. Yep. You talk about that trade between Alexander and Timmy Horn. Oh, God, one guy goes from what he was to another one being a captain of your defense. He's not finishing this season at Charlotte. He's too disruptive. He's it's. Uh, but uh, Josh Youngblood should be, but he doesn't have any interest in actually putting in the time for his craft. That was my problem the whole time with Youngblood. I want to be a star receiver. And then they couldn't get him to put in the time to be – when they tried to get him to learn to run routes and catch balls, that was too much to ask. So, I mean, every one of these kids that transfers, I can look at them and say – where you're going to have to correct what you're doing, whether it's at Kansas State or somewhere else. You can't keep doing what you're doing. You're not too good to be coached. You're not too good to listen to your coaches. You you have to pull your you-know-what together and take care of business. So I don't know. I I actually would say the one that I'm going to miss the most is Wyking Gill. That's because what I was going to say. I, was gonna say I think he could have been a solid fourth or fifth receiver who would run routes and block and was a good enough athlete to make plays. Mm-hmm. That one hurt. Yeah, he Josh Youngblood enough. should hurt, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because you know, we you know you know Youngblood's story. You know how he is. You know if this question was solely on the field, then yeah, the answer is Josh Youngblood. But because of what you know, I think the answer is Viking Guild. Too. I, I actually didn't think you guys were going to say him, but did you know he's at Duquince? Duquesne. Duquesne. Duquince. Duquince. You tried your best. It's you kind tried. Of, I thought it was, I thought it was French. Duquesne. Yes, it's very French. Duquesne. Well, yeah, and I didn't even know Duquesne had football until that. I said, God, I didn't know Duquesne. I, I did know they had foot, uh, Colonial? I'm going to guess Colonial. Yeah. Hmm, well, that's a good guess. We're going to say it's Colonial. Here, I, we got to know. Is there anybody else? I mean, is there I, – I can't even think of all the transfers off the top of my head. I mean, it, you felt like there were so many at the time, but – not you know, looking back, were they really that impactful? They're in the Northeast Football uh, Conference. Wah, wah. The what? That's a fake conference. <clears throat> Do we think Keon Mosey is going to be no. missed at all? No, he, he left because there was no way he's getting through the depth chart. DJ Render, I just saw that on your computer, Cole. He played last season. I thought the future was going to be bright for him, but I guess not. Lance Robinson. Mm. Not with, not with the secondary depth the way it is and how he just didn't really play that much last year as it was. And same thing with Will Jones. Yeah, I think it's Viking Gill. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
from a production standpoint and it's at a position where you need some experience and it, it even though there's still question marks and and it could have gone wrong but at least he's another guy that's been around that it makes you feel a little bit better with Skyler coming back and you know having Malik having um, Philip Brooks coming back Chabashin coming back it's another horse in the stable so to speak that at least somebody you know it's another option that could emerge as being a guy I would almost if I was the head coach I'd almost put up a bulletin board of these guys here's all the guys that found better pastures this guy went to Charlotte and this guy went to Rutgers and this guy went to Duquesne and this guy went I don't even know where Lance Robinson went Tulane Tulane yeah I mean I liked Lance Robinson, but there was something that wasn't connected. There was a disconnect there. There there was something that was not allowing him on the field. Mm-hmm. I thought when he played a little bit, he was pretty good. <clears throat> but, then, you know, you you just never see what's going on in practice and what's going on in the locker room and if they're showing up for meetings and all those little things that, that you judge an employee or an athlete by – yeah, they, they just went right past them. I just think it's it's crazy. You look at the transfers. I mean, you know, you hate to say replacing, but in in this situation, they replaced Lance Robinson with Julius Brents. Right. They replaced um, Briley Moore. Grand, that was you know graduation with Daniel E. Matter Bebe. I mean, good job. I, I got it right. <laughs> if you want to say Josh Youngblood, guess what? They brought in a guy who played receiver at Nebraska and Cade Warner. So. I mean, again, you can shake your head all you want about Cade Warner, but he played at a Power 5 school. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you wish these kids well, but K-State obviously has... They won the transfer portal. Won the transfer portal, for sure. I agree. More coming back than going out. Agreed 100%. And the higher quality, too. Even with Timmy Horn coming in from Charlotte, I cannot cannot believe he's the captain. That's incredible to me. It is. I mean, I'm so I find myself so happy for him and for everybody involved. I mean, still yeah. in shock until we see him on the field, I guess. But obviously, there's something there. Yeah, there has to be. But at this point, I feel like if he doesn't take the Stanford center, pick him up and throw him at the quarterback on the first play, decapitating the quarterback leading to a fumble and a touchdown for Kansas State, I will be disappointed. Uh, he's got to do all those things on the first play. Pick up another human being, throw him at another human being, decapitate that he's, human being, cause a nice. fumble. Yeah, He's too nice to do that. He, he wants probably, to know what people's he, cereal, he want to know cereal what, is. He wants to know what that quarterback's favorite cereal is yeah. on his way to the end zone mm-hmm. with his football. Thanks for the football. You seem like a nice guy. We'll be back with the other half of the PowerCat podcast. Stick around. More of your questions from Wabash Station. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Make sure you're supporting all those local businesses when you come to Manhattan. Golly, football's around the corner. It's so weird, guys. It just kind of snuck up. I just realized that this week, it's the week before game week. Mm. What? How did that happen? It just got here that fast. Next week is game week. Which means me and Cole have date, a date plan on Sunday night in front of our TV. Oh, come on. <laughs> the Drive returns this Sunday. <laughs> WIBW Season 16. When the drive started, my co-host Scott Chasen was three. I don't know. He's it's, not nineteen. He looks like it. <laughs> he might be nineteen inches tall. He's he's a little fella. Uh, see, he was he was he was in grade school. There's no doubt about that. He was in grade school. He's not that much older than us. I think it's like twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, I think he's probably like a couple years younger than me. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't there know. we go. Six. He might have been a, in sixth grade. As Tom Keegan said, uh, it's the grade. gun smoke of sports talk shows. We're never going to end. We're never going to go away. Let's get back into your questions from Wabash Station. Take it away, Gills. First question of the second half is from TN Cat. Why is Nevada practicing in Palo Alto? Fires. Oh. Oh, man, what is up? Palo Alto. It's Palo. 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 I can't say Duquince. I say Duquince. You say Palo. This is a mess. Uh, I they, blame Jay Norvell. The really bad fires <laughs> out there yeah. in the Reno area. Riley was out there for a bachelor party this weekend. and Was he in Reno? Yeah, they went to Reno. He had to fly out of Sacramento because the fires were so bad. Like, no flights in and out of Reno. Like, wow. this fire this fire is serious. So, the, the air quality is so bad, you really can't do much outside. So are they taking online classes then, I would have to imagine? I don't I don't know the arrangement, and it could have just been for fall camp. Yeah, you know, and I don't know what Nevada's Maybe student it. schedule is either. Maybe they're on, you know, the silly organ thing where you start in mid-September, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Could Stanford's on trimesters. We know that. Yeah, weirdos. Quarters. I don't know. Qu- were they quarters or tries? I don't know. I, always feel I, know like, I feel like their... K-State's considered a trimester place because you have the two regular plus the summer, uh, and that's three. It's not but really. It's not really, no. Yeah, because when K-State played out there in mid-September, right? It was a mid-September game. Yeah. School was in session. Early, yeah, early September. Because yeah, the summer trimester had gotten out, and then they were on a small break before they came back before Christmas. And then they had to, it's weird, man. It's like three semesters all of equal length hmm. with a month in between or something. It's very strange. It's California. 
Anyhow, yes, they had to move practice. So it is kind of odd that two opponents are like sharing a practice field. And I don't even know how you share a practice field. Surely they're on like a some other field. I would well, imagine I, one's at the indoor. Stanford right? has a lot of facilities. Plus, that's where you know the U.S. soccer teams right. they like to practice and have training before big tournaments. They usually, at least in the past, they've set up at Stanford before. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was plenty of space, especially if if school is not currently in session. You know, if if athletes for the most part, if they're gone, I mean, obviously you got soccer, but. You know, there's probably some room They've there. Got so for many damn sports. Yeah. They probably have a lacrosse field they can use or something. <laughs> I mean, they have sports for everything. They tried to drop eleven sports. If K State dropped eleven sports, it wouldn't have sports. I think you, if you literally grouped all of, if you counted track and cross country as one sport, yeah, you're you're zero. Could you drop? You couldn't drop eleven sports at K State if you didn't touch track sports, right? I believe that's correct. Oh my God. Women's and men's cross country and then track and field counts as four. Indoor and outdoor. Indoor and outdoor, men's and women's. How much? Um, that's six running sports of the 16. Crazy. How much is the proposed new indoor practice facility at K-State supposed to be worth? Millions of dollars. Yes. Well, like, do we know? Like, dollars. But less than billions. Is it, is less it than 12 billion. 90 million? It might be. That's what that seems Stanford expensive is. for that's, indoor. That's what Stanford's $90 million football facility is. I would bet that it's half that. Yeah, I I bet you Stanford ran into lots. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd put K-State's indoor at $20 like, million. Oh, see, I think that's, I think it's going to be like 50 or 60 I don't know. We could look it up on know. the internet we or could. we could just babble. <laughs> I'm, I'm choosing to babble. Some construction person will come on Wabash right. and... Yell at me or mm-hmm. you. It's been a weird day. It's just been a weird day. I'm not fully functioning as we tape this podcast. We're running on fumes. Mm-hmm. But we did learn about it in historic alliance today. Wow. So, so game changing. <laughs> we'll get into that. Oh, my God. It's just so incredible. It's, we'll just most, it. it's so amazing. Next question, Gills. <laughs> From A Went Twenty Five, how much do you think Jay Norvell, Nevada, and David Shaw Stanford have met recently in person due to the Wolfpack practicing in Palo Alto? And specifically, do you think this hurts our chances against either team? No, no, they're not. They're not they're hanging out. Again. They're not hanging out. They're they're going about doing their thing. I mean, maybe they met. They might have met once. He showed them. We don't know. We don't facility. know how. We don't know how their facilities are. Right, and and plus and how close they are together. David Shaw's an all business kind of guy. I can't see. Hey Jay, let's go grab a beer. Let's talk about K State and how we're going to kick their ass. And David Shaw's on. He better win this year, or he's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So he's, yeah, he's getting there. He's a pretty damn good coach, but yeah, I don't, I'm not too worried about it at all. No, at all. I mean, if it was comparing notes in the middle of the season, but. I don't know. I mean, it's not like if Nevada has seen something on film that they can exploit, they're not going to tell Stanford, you know? I I mean, they don't want it used in advance. I'm just, no, I'm not too worried about it. I'm sure the thought has come up, at least from Nevada. Maybe Stanford probably hasn't thought about it. It would be from the Nevada end looking at the K-State schedule saying, hey, Stanford, we're at Stanford. Let's ask them what they're doing. They, I compare this to when a 
certain individual matches with another individual on a dating app, and then they match with another individual on that same dating app. Like a threesome? <laughs> and it's the same picture on each person's dating app. So you match with their friend. That's never happened to me. Jeez. Huh. Happened to you a lot, huh? I don't know how this works. So that is how I would say. It's like, oh, well, it just so happens that they're friends with each other. They probably aren't talking about me, but they're friends with each other. Huh. And where was the... Where, come yeah, <laughs> bring this together, Cole. You just decided to go on a, so, a tangent here. K-State matched K-State with... K-State swiped right on Stanford. And they matched. Yeah. And Nevada. And Nevada. Okay. And they swiped right but, on Nevada. But and they each, turned out they're hanging out together. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know wow. anything. What a tender experience. Yep. Anyways, I mean, <laughs> there's NCAA you know, rules. They're not going to, like, form an alliance or something like that. You know, there's nothing. Nothing's going to happen. Oh, another alliance. alliance. Oh, I get a lot of alliances. From Powercat Ryan, could the next step in realignment be trimming teams that aren't bringing value to their perspective, respective conferences? If so, which five to ten teams are most likely to get quote unquote cut? No, that's not going to happen. But if it did, Vanderbilt would be gone. Although they wouldn't be because they'd like to have them. The SEC likes to have them for two reasons. One, everyone gets to win, for the most part. And two... Token academic school. The token academic school. Literally. The one academic school they have that would fit into the Big Ten or Pac-12 is Vanderbilt. And then go, but we got Vanderbilt! I mean, it's just crazy why they keep them around. Uh, You look at the Big Ten, I don't... Rutgers? no. Yeah, they probably regret Rutgers. Yeah. They probably really do. It it doesn't add the New York City market. Oh, no, this whole market thing. People are still talking about markets. Yeah. There's no such thing as markets in a streaming environment. You know who markets you know who big, are about getting on the cable systems. It's Nebraska in the Big Ten. That's who it would be. You want to get rid of them? Yeah. Hmm. I think it'd be the opposite. Nebraska wants to get out of there. I think I think the Pac twelve would dump Oregon mutually. State and Washington State if they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, those two agricultural schools. ACC, I mean, but see, the the schools like Wake, they're so woven into the fabric of the conference, you don't get rid of them. Yeah. Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech's a really good academic school. Okay. That's the Vanderbilt of the ACC. Kind of, yeah. Okay. The Virginia's there, too. Yeah, they've got good academic schools. North Carolina. But... Um, yeah, that, that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nobody's going to go through. That's why I, I just find how people are treating the remaining eight so offensive. Someone tweeted about it. The, the remaining eight didn't do anything wrong. They basically got screwed over by business partners, and now everyone's making fun of them for getting screwed over. It's 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 weird the way people are dancing on yeah. the graves. And I get it from fans because fans are petty, and I do it to Nebraska. I get, I get it. I understand that. It's fun to poke fun. But when I see, like, college football writers who don't grasp the topic very well, not like beat writers, like, I'll say it, Stuart Mandel. He completely – the story he wrote about – the comparison of American and the remaining eight TV contracts or TV ratings was completely basically fabricated. It was – he used stuff out of context. He twisted things. I don't understand the motivation for that. 
Or maybe he's just not as bright as I thought he was. Maybe he didn't understand the topic at all. He didn't understand that you can't just eliminate Fox because American doesn't have it. Oh, so you just eliminated a bunch of good ratings for the Big 12. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Stuart, do you not know that that being on network TV is more better ratings? And it's just the whole thing. I just don't understand anything going on right now, the way people are acting about this whole thing. But as someone just tweeted me, I'm still falling on a tangent, aren't I? They fired up. You you leave you take two teams out of almost any conference, and the rest of them don't look as good. If you take Michigan and Ohio State out of the Big Ten, even even if Michigan's not been doing what they can, you take those two signature schools out, you got problems. It's like Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Texas and Oklahoma. If you take USC and UCLA out of the Pac-12. Yeah, absolutely. Or USC and Oregon. Yeah. The whole, that conference suddenly sucks. So, I don't know. Hypothetically, other than Kansas, who would get booted from the Big 12? Well, Baylor. Okay. TCU? I don't... Uh, I think TCU... I feel like it'd be West Virginia, but just from a mutual right. geographical agreement, I guess. Baylor is the solid answer, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they just won a national title in basketball, but I'm just still so offended by the stuff that went on their campus. And they got off the hook for being, well, it wasn't just athletics. We had rapists all over campus. Well, and football drives everything. Football drives everything, too. And the fact that that was woven into, you're right, into the football team. I feel like Baylor, in the early days of the Big 12... They just kind of latched on when they shouldn't well, have been there just, in the first place. It was all politics. TCU was supposed to be in, and the the governor got Baylor in. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I. If the Big Twelve ever reforms, like if they say, you know what, we're we're going to just start over, I I wouldn't include Baylor. I would take Houston over Baylor, but I wouldn't take Houston with Baylor and TCU. Oh, there's so many, so many moving parts here. But yeah, nobody's getting left out, and that I think that's secretly why so many fans are celebrating on it. It's like, hey, it's not us. Kick those guys out. But it's not going to happen, folks. You're you're all overreacting, and I get the initial day of it, the first couple days, it was such a blindsiding by people you thought you trusted. What they did, there's no other word for it. It was shitty. It's absolutely demonic what they did. It is the most selfish, unbelievable act of treachery among friends and business partners. And that's why one of the commissioners said, if you have to check the contract, you don't really. It's not even about the contract. They're not. They can't get out of the contract. They tried to destroy the conference. It wasn't about leaving and breaking the contract. They had planned to destroy the conference and thus destroy, I don't know how many countless jobs along the way. What it would do to Ames, Iowa, if all of a sudden you're in the MAC or the Mountain West. What it does to Kansas City. And they willingly calculated and did so. It it was it's it's unbelievable what they pulled, and I'm kind of glad this alliance formed against the SEC. I mean, I think it's silly. I think it's it's 
stupid in a way. You know, it's like, oh, it's, we're the academic schools. You are the SEC. Honk-a-tonk. But, some, I mean, the SEC was a bully. They just, so, yeah. Nobody's getting left out. People are going to get included more. And I think that's, I think that's the one thing the alliance brings to the Big 12's advantage is they wouldn't mind having some of these other schools included. You had Cincinnati, Central Florida, other schools, BYU. All of a sudden, most of the schools you talk about from the other conferences that need to be included in the playoff are out, off the table. They're part of the Power Five. So I think where we're going to end up is with an eight-team playoff and a limit of two per conference and one non-Power Five if they're ranked so so high. But if the Big 12 absor- absorbs a lot of these good programs, that's not going to happen. Coastal Carolina ain't making it. Mm-mm. Although I wouldn't mind that as an expansion. Except it's Myrtle Beach. Kind of crappy nowadays. Yeah, you can make it nice. You make it nice. From Adam K. <clears throat> it's just been so long since you spoke. <laughs> that was a good rant, Fitz. From Adam K. 63, with Oliver Luck coming on as a consultant for the Big 12, would the conference be better off if he were the commissioner? No, not right now. And I, and I, that's Explain. what my column's about. No, he's outside the, he's just a consultant. He doesn't work for the Big 12 other than, you know, he's not on payroll. He's just a consultant. He's on retainer. He's on retainer. He's an attorney. He's an agent. He's an outsider. He can speak on your behalf without being you. It's brilliant. Now, do I think he will be commissioner? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Or it'll transition into someone else being commissioner. This this was about Bob Bowlesby. He's not equipped to handle this. And I think, luckily, the schools came around to it. So I don't know if Oliver Luck will be the next commissioner, but I think this is the end of Bob Bowlesby. I but, love Oliver Luck coming on board. Just, I think it's great. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the ins and outs of everything, you know, that what he is going to be doing. But the fact that he is a name that pretty much everybody in collegiate athletics knows who's done nothing yeah. but good things can only help. Yeah. I mean, he's he knows the Big 12. He's was he, at West Virginia and, and he gets it. He gets the value of this conference. I, I would imagine from his standpoint, he understands exactly how important the Big 12 is to schools just like West Virginia. Because with, without the Big 12, West Virginia is not a Power 5 institution anymore. They're just not. They're an independent. They're just stuck out there. The ACC doesn't want them because their academics kind of suck. So I think he understands that the Big 12 right now serves a legitimate purpose and can bring in the Cincinnati's and Central Florida schools that honestly probably deserve to be Power 5. They've done incredible work without a Power 5 budget when you stop and think about it. From Pro Dandy, what are your thoughts on the irate eight structuring structuring a TV deal to play Thursday, Friday, and late Saturday uh, at late Saturday if it means more money in the deal? Well, you just got to do whatever you yeah. do. Whatever's, whatever they're paying you to do and whatever the, whatever the money is. I wrote this. You, you do it. You just got to do it. I mean, that's why I like the big 16 in all four time zones. I love the idea. You've got your East Coast teams kicking off at noon Eastern. So it's 9 a.m. on the West Coast. 
And you got them kicking off at 7 p.m. on the West Coast, which is 10 Eastern. And you are wall-to-wall football with your conference. And maybe you have a Thursday night game. Maybe two of the games are streaming. Maybe two of them are on network if you get the right network. But, you know, maybe you're on CBS. Look, if there's a Power 5 conference that's on the CBS Sports Network, people will get used to watching the CBS Sports Network. They're not doing it for the Mountain West. I mean, it's just like Fox Sports 1. Right. Years ago when it debuted, everyone's like, oh, it's just the Speed Channel with a Fox logo on it. Right. Calm down. See what it is now? Right. Fox Sports 1 is... Mandatory house, uh, a mandatory household channel. People get so It'll, caught up in their linear, the moment yeah. thinking. I, I, the best comment was uh, the Pac-12 commissioner saying, "We need more TV partners." Basically, is what he said. It's, it was. It's the only thing that came out of that stupid alliance press conference that meant anything. He's exactly right. If CBS leaves the college football environment because they lost the SEC, it's bad for everyone. Because Fox can't counter ESPN. There has to be a third, if not a fourth player involved. And hopefully CBS would be the type of entity that might say, yes, we'll take you on. We might only show a game of the week on CBS. We might scatter some games across. I mean, I don't understand why CBS wouldn't be interested in doing the same thing they do for the NCAA tournament and leveraging TNT and TBS and even, what's the other one? True TV. True TV. I can't even remember that. Just call them Turner. Why why not just, did they change it to Turner? They did change it, didn't they? I mean, it's just that all these channels are Turner, I guess is what I mean. But I'm I'm not sure why... They wouldn't hop back in and say, I mean, what, what in God's name is True TV putting on on a Saturday afternoon that's getting good ratings? Impractical Jokers. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's the only show I know in there. Yeah, because what's valuable about True TV, and again, it's True TV. Nobody watches that. It's on almost every cable it is. network. It is. It is on every cable carrier is carrying True TV. That's why it's used for the NCAA tournament. I don't know. I, I I just think there's they need NBC more involved. They got to get Amazon involved. They the more entities that the Big Twelve can try to bring to the table, the more pressure it puts on ESPN. I, I'm just the point where I hope this breaks ESPN. I hope that, I hope this breaks them. Could you imagine if Jeff Bezos instead of being into space was into college football and used his billions of dollars to create whatever conferences he wanted at his soul willpower basically well, he could pay them 200 million a year like you guys are going to play each other would he give him bathroom go. breaks yeah. that would be kind of important well, you might have to use the tent that they pop up on the sideline yeah, yeah. or a towel like Bill Walker yeah like it's the second time we mentioned that today <laughs> wow not on this podcast sorry <laughs> Last question comes from El Camino Cat. If the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC alliance includes a non-con scheduling component that freezes out the SEC, do you think that opens the door to rebuild, I guess you meant to say rebuild, Big 12 SEC non-con scheduling agreement? Yeah. Uh, First of all, let me say this. If you're on Wabash Station, you need to be reading El Camino Cat's stuff right now. He's He's all over realignment. He's actually, I mean, he's not, he's thinking very logically with what he's posting. Um, it's really good stuff. Um, 
And a lot of you are still in the emotional stage, and I just don't have any time for anyone. Oh, the big, big eight, it's over, it's done. I, I don't have time for you. I just don't have time for that because that's not what's happening here. Um, yes. Okay, first of all, let's handle this about the comedy show that was this big announcement. They didn't announce anything. They announced, as one source put it to me, it was word salad. It was just just a bunch of words put together that sound good. Let's. What's all the focus groups say? Well, we need to say this. We need to have qual equity and just the the, the words were just hysterical. It was like, okay, that's that's what we need to put into this. This was the chancellors and presidents saying, "Hey, we're nerds, but we're in charge." That's all it was. And folks, you can never forget that. That's true everywhere, maybe but the SEC. Maybe the football coaches call up the presidents down there and tell them what to do. I wouldn't be surprised. This was all about the SEC and the fact that they really don't care about academics except for Vanderbilt. They don't. They don't. And, and I do think these other conferences are fearful that the SEC is attempting to put together semi-pro football. And I get that. But this scheduling thing is a joke. Because it didn't say, hey, we're going to start scheduling games next year. Well, we all have a bunch of contracts in place. For example, K-State runs through, what, 31, 32 with the Rutgers series? I mean, we're still Something, yeah. we're still 10 years out on yeah. K-State's games. And K-State historically has done a lousy job of scheduling out. But John Curry did a good job of getting those in place. So we're talking like games that may not even be played for another 10 years. Nobody's going to remember this damn press conference today. Five years from now when they start trying to schedule these games. I'm not going to remember this in two weeks if I'm being 100% honest. Right. It was so meaningless. And honestly. They didn't sign anything. Oh, That's the yeah. thing. They, they didn't sign anything. It's like we're, we're 41 schools because I guess Notre Dame counts. They never. This. I love how they say 41, but they never mentioned Notre Dame once in anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they joined the ACC. Just join the ACC, Notre Dame, for God's sakes. Um, look. If Alabama calls up, I mean, Oregon, let's schedule a home and home. Do you think Oregon's going to go, we're in the alliance and you're not? Hang up. No, they're going to schedule the damn games. It's a, it, this whole thing's silly. But back to El Camino Cat's uh, perception there that this does kind of tie the Big 12 to the SEC, I said it immediately. They need the Big 12 all of a sudden. This is the strangest turn of events and, and irony-filled moments. They came out along with ESPN to kill the Big 12, and now all of a sudden the SEC will need the Big 12. And you can say, but they'll just schedule more games in conference. That ain't going to work, folks. I know that sounds good. That makes you feel good. But it doesn't move the needle. El Camino pointed out some great TV ratings numbers on the message boards about how these cross-conference games bring in two conferences of viewers, even if it's schools you wouldn't think move the needle, like a Memphis. People watch. You've got to play non-conference games against quality opponents. And if this alliance actually means anything, they better keep the Big 12 around to schedule non-conference opponents. And they better have – it. Would, they would almost be wise to say, hey, we're 16, you're 16, let's just schedule a game a year. Everyone's got to leave a blank spot on their schedule. We're going to fill it. We're, we're going to go down the standings. One plays one, two plays two, whatever you want to do. 
I'm in. I'm in. Again, just let this play out. Just let this... You know, everyone was so worried that K-State's not getting invited if that the other conferences divvy up the portions. Nobody is doing expansion without doing their due diligence. Nobody. The Pac-12 is going to announce whether they're going to expand or not. Well, they're not going to announce that, hey, we're going to expand and we're just going to randomly take teams. We're going to pick teams on colors. Everyone's going to do their academics, their athletics, really how they move the needle, TV ratings. And that's what the Big 12 will do, too. So, Stuart Mandel, if you think the AAC has equivalent ratings, well, wait until the Big 12 takes all the programs that had good ratings and then do the comparison. What's that? We like each other. <laughs> This is a, a graphic from a, a person named Noah Wolf. It's got the three logos of the conferences. It says, and it looks really well done and official too. Like this, this dude knows graphic design and it says, we like each other. And then in small print, it also says, and maybe in 20 years or so, we'll schedule some games against each other. I don't know. We didn't sign a contract or anything. So who actually knows? Uh, just let it play out a little bit. I'm, I've become more and more confident the Big 12 will expand. And I'm not confident it'll be the 16. I think it'll be 12. I think they'll look Eastern, and they might add BYU, which, yeah. I mean, I, I'm into adding BYU if you have a Western component. I'm not into adding another island. But, again, this talk about markets, K-State doesn't deliver any market. There's no markets it brings. But you look at the TV ratings, and it brings viewers. Isn't that really what this is about? Insane. It's the whole thing's insane to me. That's it, wasn't it? Does anyone have anything else? I just ranted. I just finished off this podcast with, with my own word salad. You hit a home run. <laughs> That's it for the Powercat Questions podcast. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you stay tuned. Game week is coming up next week. And it will be the return of the PowerCat pregame podcast. We have decided. Woo! It'll be back. Be different, but it'll be back. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. PowerCat.com.